Welcome to Less Than 12 Parsecs, the fastest Star Wars podcast in the galaxy. Now here's your host, Tim McMahon. What are you doing here? Ah, repairs. I thought you could help me out. What have you done to my ship? Your ship? Hey, remember you lost her to me fair and square. Hi, ho listeners, and welcome to Less Than 12 Parsecs. This is the same podcast. However, you have probably guessed that I am not Tim. I am, in fact, Ben. I'm one of the hosts of the Skyhoppers podcast, which is another show on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Fantastic network. Our show is all right at best. <laughs> um, but I'm really, really thankful to Tim for letting me have this opportunity to do this episode because I'm going to focus on something I've wanted to do on Skyhoppers for a long time now, but I can't really figure out how to turn it into like an hour-long episode. And that doesn't mean that I won't, but for the time being, I'm going to take you know, however many minutes this ends up being, not many, um, to give a little bit of a crash course in Star Wars tabletop RPGs. And by tabletop RPGs, for those who aren't quite as familiar, um, I'm talking about games that, like, they're also called pen and paper RPGs, like games like Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, you know, games that you gotta you got to roll all those funky little dice. You know, like the D20, the 20-sided dice and the 12-sided dice and what have you. The first Star Wars RPG was released by a company called West End Games way back in 1987, during what many refer to as the dark times of the franchise. Uh, you know, Return of the Jedi had come out four years prior, and that was really for... A lot of people just expected that to be the end of it, and for a lot of people it was. But there really was, wasn't a whole lot going on in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, West End had released the Ghostbusters RPG in 86, and based on the success of that game, they were just like, you know, we could probably do something with a Star Wars license. So they went to Lucasfilm and they got that. They used the Ghostbusters game as the template for their, for their Star Wars game, and whenever it came out, it was titled appropriately Star Wars the Role-Playing Game. The interesting thing about this game is that, you know, people tend to think of these games as using those funky dice I was talking about, but this one just uses dice that you could pull out of your Yahtzee box, boring six-sided dice. The fun thing about it, though, is that you find yourself rolling a lot of them as a player, because as the game gets harder and, you know, difficulty rises, you need to get higher values to succeed in actions that you're attempting in the game. So you end up, I've seen... I've had games where players are rolling like 15, 20 dice all at once, and that gets a little out of hand <laughs> in terms of counting, but it's still, it feels pretty good. This game has a mechanic called the Wild Die, which is a dice, it's just another six-sided dice, but it looks different than all your others, and whenever you roll a six on the Wild Die, or what a character rolls a six on the Wild Die, they add that six to their total, and they roll it again, and they just keep doing that for as many sixes as they get, and again, I've had people get, you know, four sixes in a row somehow, but the downside of the wild die is with a one, you get to, uh, you get to, <laughs> you uh, subtract that one and your highest die roll, which is pretty nasty. And that's actually up to the discretion of the DM. There are a few things you can do there, uh, but that's usually what I do. It's, it's just simple and it requires less thought on my part to just say, yep, you roll a one, take it, get rid of your highest one. For like a two, three, four, and five, those are all, the wild die is just treated as normal. That makes the game feel a little bit swingy sometimes, but, you know, in a world like Star Wars, with all the, like, dramatic, sweeping, grand actions and whatever, it makes sense. And plus, you know, if someone gets really unlucky as the GM, you can just kind of hand-wave some of that stuff away. You don't want to kill your characters. Or, uh, I don't know, maybe you do. I tend to not. One of the coolest things about this game is that it uh, really laid a lot of the foundation for the then-non-existent Expanded Universe. Uh, most, if not all, of the Cantina aliens got their name from this game, and when Timothy Zahn was writing his Thrawn trilogy, he was given the West End source books from this game to help build his world. 
Um, and I feel like it's uh, only a specific subset of the fanbase is familiar with this game, which is crazy to me for how influential it ended up being and, you know, still is. But after West End lost the license back in 99, um, it was picked up by Wizards of the Coast. And they're the ones that make uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which is arguably, no, not arguably, is the most famous game of this type. And this is the game that actually uses those, uh, the funky 20-sided dice that I was talking about and all those, that different class of dice. And since this game was so heavily based on Dungeons & Dragons, people sometimes refer to it at, colloquially as 3.5 in space, with 3.5 being the edition of Dungeons & Dragons that this game most closely resembles. Um, there are a few key differences between D&D and this game. But this podcast is supposed to be short, I'm not going to cover them here. Plus, there are a few different revised editions of this game that are all distinct versions, and that overview could get really, really sticky really quickly. I just don't trust myself to not give misinformation, because this is the iteration of the game that I'm the least familiar with. Um, what is interesting is that Bill Slotisek, who oversaw the creation of the West End Star Wars role-playing game uh, throughout its early years, had worked his way over to Wizards of the Coast by the time this game came out. So the license is like kind of weirdly following him around. Um, he's the guy who came up with, I mean, he wrote a lot of the original uh, original role-playing games. So he's the one that came up with all these names. He's also considered to be like one of the world's leading experts on Star Wars at this point. But in 2010, Wizards lost the license. And as I'm sure most of you are aware, this is kind of leading up to the era of Star Wars shakeups with the Disney acquisition and the canon reset. But Fantasy Flight, didn't know this, so they trucked on anyway. Fantasy Flight Games being the country, the company I'm referring to. And uh, they released their version of the Star Wars role-playing game in 2012. Uh, the interesting thing about their version is that it uses some funky dice, but they are like proprietary dice that they came up with themselves. And these dice have uh, different symbols on them rather than numbers. The four main symbols are uh, success, failure, threat, and advantage. And those let players, f or yeah, let players focus more on uh, the narrative of the game rather than like the minutia and the numbers, which not everybody finds fun. And it really adds a different layer to dice rolls because like if a player performs a successful action but gets a certain amount of threat, that action could still have some kind of negative con consequences, like a successfully picked lock setting off an alarm. And the same goes vice versa for uh, failures and advantages. And of course, you can get success and advantage and failure and threat, which are both very good and very bad on their own. But I'm already running a little bit long, I think. So that's my, you know, short little crash course in Star Wars RPGs. Thanks for listening. See you hopefully at some point in the future on Skyhoppers or maybe even back over here. You've been listening to Less Than 12 Parsecs, the fastest Star Wars podcast in the galaxy. For links and show notes, visit our website, 12parsecpodcast.com. Follow Less Than 12 Parsecs on Twitter at 12parpod, on Instagram at 12parsecspodcast, on Tumblr at 12parsecspodcast, and find us on Facebook as well. And please let us know what you think. Email us at 12parsecspodcast at gmail.com. All Star Wars sounds, music, images, logos, designs, characters, and elements are registered trademarks and copyright of Disney, Lucasfilm Limited, and their subsidiaries and respected rights holders, and used by less than 12 parsecs podcasts under fair use doctrine. All original content is copyright Tim McMahon and less than 12 parsecs podcasts, released under the no derivative works creative common license.